over the past few years, as I've grown in awareness, I've come to see like a lot of the things that I've attached to as my identity, as my ego identity, um, that those things are also gifts that I've been given by my ancestors, by my parents and my grandparents. They're gifts that I need to dig into and release. Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of My Spiritual Friends. In this episode, I'm in conversation with DC-based vocalist and songwriter Cecily, who's known for her beautiful, agile soprano voice and honest lyrics, which have been such medicine for me since I first discovered her music. Her sound, as soothing as it is rich, is rooted in this deep appreciation for mid-century soul and jazz, 90s R&B, and reimagined folk music. Growing up surrounded by her parents' vast record collection, think Miles Davis, Smokey Robinson, gives her work this unique sensuality that informs not only her vocal approach, but also her self-reflecting lyrics, grappling with topics like self-acceptance, vulnerability, and rebirth. Over her career, she has made a conscious commitment to create work that celebrates vulnerability as strength, unconditional love as a grounding principle, and joy as an innate human right. So many gems from this conversation, y'all. I hope you find it to be just as nourishing as I did. Enjoy. Hello. So good to be talking with you, Cecily. Thanks so much for joining. Hello. I'm doing really well. I'm enjoying the beautiful weather today on this almost spring day. And uh, yeah, it's been good. Yes, this weather has been just amazing. And I feel like we don't really get much winter anymore, which, you know, I'm sure there are some reasons for that that are (laughs) not as positive. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've Mm -hmm. been enjoying the weather as well. So yeah, thank you so much for for joining. And I was so excited to talk with you because ever since I discovered your music a couple of years ago, it's been such medicine for me, um, particularly lately, as I've been making a lot of transitions in life, like, you know, transitioned out of my former career um, back in October, 2021 and uh, transitioning to a whole new state, a whole new coast, you know, moving from Virginia to LA. And um, some of my go-tos have been acceptance, uh, grow and spirit tell me, which, you know, has been one of my favorites lately. So just thank you for creating those. 
They've been. Thank you for um, listening. Yeah. They've been just, you know, so beautiful for me lately. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So can you start by sharing a little bit about just how you were led to music and do you consider it to be one of your spiritual gifts? Definitely. Okay. So how was I led to music? It's interesting because I actually was led to music. Well, I mean, I heard music my entire life. Uh, You know, my parents have really good taste in music as do my older siblings. So I was just raised around a lot of good music, but I was really led to singing um, because I just love the way the vibration feels in my body when I sing. Like, I just love the way it felt when I sang. And I was very nervous to do it in front of other people. Um, but I, over the years, got over that, luckily. <laughs> but I, I really just was led to singing because of how it feels in my body. And I think that's why over the years, like I've tried to learn different instruments and things and I've never felt as connected to them as I do to my voice because my voice just feels like myself in the moment. You know, the voice is part of the body. So it sounds different every day. It feels different every day. And um, just being present with that is like definitely a part of why I love singing. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I've never really heard anyone describe it in that way. Um, The vibration of the sound in your body. Um, It actually makes me think about my experience with music and um, growing up singing myself. I kind of tried to dabble with the guitar and the piano, but none of it ever really stuck with me. Um, And what you Mm. described really feels true for me as well. Like just, just loving that feeling. Um, That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And that's why I think I always tell people like, people like, Oh, I can't sing. And I'm like, doesn't really matter. Like we're born to sing, like we're born with this instrument. Like we come out, make a sound, (laughs) you know, you really don't have to be a singer to sing. Like, I feel like everyone should enjoy singing, like enjoy that vibration, enjoy that, you know, it's like a built-in hug from the inside. That's how it feels to me. I feel like everyone should be singing on a regular basis, you know? (laughs) I love that. And it reminds me of when people might say sometimes that they're not creative and Mm -hmm. we're all constantly creating, you know, Mm -hmm. and whether it be tangible things or whether it be through our thoughts or through our actions. Um, So I love that you put it that way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah. And do you think of music and singing as one of your spiritual gifts? Definitely. Yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, I, I, I always wanted to make music and I didn't really decide, like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a singer. This is going to be a career for me until I was like 20. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's still really young, but it felt like by that time I was already going to school for something different. You know, I had already dedicated, a fair amount of time to studying a lot of other things. And, but I, 
I really just decided even from that moment that I wanted to make music that was very honest and was healing in some way. And I feel like it took me a few years to get to the point where I felt like I was really doing that in the most authentic way that I could. Um, but I feel like I'm doing it now and it feels really good. And, uh, you know, I it's also taken me some time to realize that music and singing doesn't have to be the only thing that I offer, that I offer people. Um, a lot of times as independent musicians in particular, we're kind of taught that if you're not hustling, hustling nonstop, if you're not dedicating all of your energy and every moment into music making that you won't make it quote unquote, make it, you know? And I think the pandemic allowed me an opportunity to kind of slow down and realize, okay, I'm not really performing right now. I can't make music in the way I like to make music, which is primarily collaboration for me. So like, what can I offer people? You know, what else can I do? And so I kind of leaned into um, guided meditations and started doing that. And I also started writing like not music more, like stories and poetry and, you know, it's, it's still my two main loves, you know, it's like, my voice and my words. <laughs> and I just get to use them in different ways. So I still think that my primary way that, you know, I I kind of lean into my purpose is through music. But I'm as I get older, I'm kind of giving myself the space to explore that in other ways too. Mm, that's beautiful. And when you're, you know, writing or doing other creative things, do you get inspiration for your music when you're doing other creative things in that way? Oh, definitely. I really do feel like it's all, I mean, it's all from the same source. Um, And so I never really question it. I actually just spent the last week in upstate New York um, doing a artist retreat. And wow, um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was it was really it was really good. It's just I mean, it's a self-guided retreat, you know, they literally just give you a room and a studio space, like which is just a big room <laughs> and say, you know, go forth and do whatever you want. Um and I used it to 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 work on a work of fiction I'm writing, which was actually uh really fulfilling and um, felt really amazing to really like just dive into something else. Um, But when I, you know, halfway through the week, I realized that I was felt like I was getting lost a little bit in the task at hand. And so I decided to kind of reground myself. And so I wrote myself a little intention, which is basically like I, I wrote like I'm writing this story in order to give someone the freedom to feel, to be seen, and to to feel free and whole. And that's the same exact reason I make music, you know? Mm. Like, I want people to be able to feel seen, to feel heard, to take a moment to get into their own vulnerability by me being vulnerable. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's all the same source. <laughs> it's all the same intention. Um it's just good to be able to explore it in lots of different ways. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you pointed out going back 
to that intention, you know, just to kind of reset and make sure you're really centered before creating, you know, that means a lot in this process. Um, Also, it's very clear in your music that you are very intentional with your lyrics um, and even just the composition of it. Um, I'm very much a lyrics person myself. And so I think that's one reason why I gravitate towards your music so much. Um, So to hear that, of course, that intention is, you know, just flowing through all of your creative pursuits. um, That's really beautiful. So can you talk a little bit about, or just take us back to how your spiritual journey informs all of these things? Um, And even going all the way back to childhood, um, what did spirituality look like for you as a child? How did it express in your life and how has that evolved um, for you um, and also through your work? You know, it's interesting because I actually found something I wrote in a journal probably at age like nine or something like that, or maybe 10. And because I've always been big on writing my whole life, journaling and (laughs) writing things down. And um, one thing I found that I wrote that actually really surprised me is that I wrote to myself like, something to the effect of like, don't forget God, like Mm. don't forget your connection to God. Wow. And I just found that really interesting because I did grow up going to church. We went to a couple different churches that were very um, Afrocentric, you know, like very centered on the black experience and, um, kind of the Black cultural experience through religion. And I kind of remember that more than the religious element itself, Mm -hmm. you know, more than any, like, religious doctrine or anything like that. I really remember, like, feeling close to the community and feeling connected to, like, just kind of all the stuff around, like, you know, like, all the deacons were kente cloth, you know, and we sang, like, the church I went to growing up, the processional song was always the same song every week. And it was literally just a song that listed the the principles in the days of Kwanzaa. Um, and, you know, so that kind of like, you know, and I grew up celebrating Kwanzaa as well as Christmas and everything. And so, and then maybe in middle of high school, uh, we stopped going to church because we had found a new church, but then my parents were kind of iffy about the pastor. And so we just stopped going. And over time, like I definitely felt less and less connected to Christianity. And I feel like I never, it's been decades since I've considered myself a Christian, you know, but I've always kind of felt very connected to God. And I feel like the older I get, the more I'm comfortable talking about that. Um, And talking about God and the creator and source energy and um, talking about my ancestors and like what that feels like, what that means for me. And I feel like I'm still figuring that out day to day, um, what that means to me. But I feel like one thing that really helped me come back to the having, feeling like I'm really 
connecting to source on a on a cellular level was meditation. Mm. And so when I started practicing meditation more intentionally and regularly, I think it was like 2014. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was August or September of 2014 was the first time I said, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for 30 days. <laughs> and ever since then, it's kind of been like an off and on type of thing, you know, but um, I, I definitely feel really connected when I slow down. And so I think that's the main way. That's the main way. Um, and also through texts. So a big part of my kind of like experience of kind of, it's, 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 these are two different metaphors, but they feel equally, uh, equally accurate. I think a big part of me kind of like, rooting myself down into as well as like reaching up to uh, my whole self Um, came through reading books like a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh Mm -hmm. um, just about the practice of love and uh, presence Um, Eckhart Tolle as well Um, also um, Don Miguel Ruiz and also bell hooks as well. And I feel like just, and then around the same time I was reading all these texts, I also got married. I've been married for five, we're celebrating five years this month, actually. So mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. It's It's been, it's like I was reading all these things about unconditional love and the practice of love or the art of loving, as bell hooks calls it. I really like that phrase, the art of loving. And um, I got to put it all into practice because marriage is <laughs> not an easy thing. Like, it's a beautiful thing, but it's not an easy thing. And, like, really showing up every single day and not even every day, but every moment. And in that moment, learning how to choose love. Like, that was something that I really, reading um, The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz was so crucial for me because— he has this chapter where he just breaks down what is love and what is not love. And so it, and to me, having the clarity of that, and when you read it, it's so true that you just know, you know on a spirit level that he's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so in the moment, it's like I get to, to check myself, you know? If I love this person, am I being respectful to them? Am I choosing kindness? Am I trusting them? You know, like really trusting them, um, especially to make decisions for their own life. You know, um, you know, am I really being present with this person and hearing them, giving them the gift of being heard and understood? Like, and these are things I fail at every day, <laughs> but just having the awareness, but just having the awareness that even that I'm not doing that is a gift, you know, just, it's something that I've grown into. And in addition to learning all these things, there's a lot of unlearning you do at the exact same time. And um, so I've just been really open to that. Like, I feel like a few years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, I read 
uh, this very short text by Krishnamurti for the first time. And he talked a lot about um, this idea of attachment to identity and how it's the source of all conflict. And at the time, I felt so um, much resistance to that idea. And it's still something I really grapple with. But also, the more over the past few years, as I've grown in awareness, I've come to see like a lot of the things that I've attached to as my identity, as my ego ego identity, um, that those things are also gifts that I've been given by my ancestors, by my parents and my grandparents. They're gifts that I need to dig into and release, right? Like they're the gift of learning to grow through something, right? Like they are part of my identity, but not a part that I need to be attached to. It's something that I can I can let go of after I understand it, you know? Specifically for me, um, impatience <laughs> is, a, is the ancestral gift that I'm growing through, that I'm learning to release. Um, you know, f- feeling very, very attached to certain opinions um, as being cent- central to my identity. Like that's something that I'm learning to grow through um, and just releasing the need to be right. Um, that's one of my main affirmations of the moment is I release the need to be right. I release the need to be right. <laughs> mm, uh, because I know it's just my ego that wants to be right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel all of that so deeply. And as I was listening to you, it reminded me of just, you know, this idea or really the fact that everything we encounter in our lives is a spiritual practice, you know, and we make it for our use, you know, as one of my spiritual mentors, Milana Snow would say. And, um, when you were talking about unconditional love, um, I came into this place at the beginning of the year, just based on all of my experiences or, you know, well, I guess over my entire life, but more potently over the end of last year, I came into this place where I was just like, huh, I'm being called to actually like love everyone unconditionally. And how can I do that in a way that honors me, you know, and my divinity while also loving others in that way? And I tell you, (laughs) once you set that intention, you know, you start receiving all the tests, you know, all these opportunities to exercise that and to, you know, really lean into that and just let it expand you. Um, So, yeah, I connect so deeply with all of that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really deep what you just said, like, because that idea of, or just even just the concept of loving everyone unconditionally is so scary to people because they think that love doesn't mean accountability, you know, or that love doesn't mean, you know, like honesty. Um, 
yeah, it's just a deep thing. I, I've been I've been really uh, kind of grappling with that myself. Um, just because I've been rereading the Bell Hooks book, All About Love, where she talks about a love ethic and what it means if we organize our society and our economy around a love ethic or just the basic principle that everyone deserves freedom and love, you know? And like, what does that look like? And I feel like that's something that most people are, that people will say in theory, you know, like, oh yeah, I think everyone deserves to be free and loved. But when it comes down to like a specific group of people, you know, or even a specific person, like, does this person deserve (laughs) freedom and love? Like, you know, people are like, "Mm, maybe not, (laughs) you know? It's it's a deep it's a deep thing, it's a deep thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very deep. Um, it's very deep, and and it kind of connects to what drew me to mm-hmm. advocacy work in my old career. Um, I did a lot around criminal justice reform, and and that was the narrative that was often shared. You know that we need a system that centers humanity, you know, that, that centers Mm. everyone's Mm -hmm. humanity and wholeness, you know, like all of these, you know, different concepts that we're so afraid to embrace, you know? So I deeply connect with that. And, um, and one of your, um, albums was inspired by Bell Hooks All About Love, right? Or was it your tour? Yeah, so I just did a little mini tour, just two dates, D.C. and New York, um, and I called it the All About Love Tour. Mm -hmm. And um, so the album I'm working on now is inspired by that book. Yeah, it's it's called Awakening Part 2. And when when I found out she had passed away in December, I decided that these shows I had already booked should be dedicated to her and the legacy of that book and just, you know, deepening and kind of just being able to share that messages in that book in a new way. And so in the shows, I did my, all my, I did mostly my own songs, which was cool. Cause usually I feel a lot of pressure to include a lot of covers and make sure people are like connected. But I just threw that out the window. I just sang whatever I wanted to sing and did whatever I wanted to do. And um, oh my gosh, I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> and people and loved it. If yeah. I'm at one of your shows, I'm there to hear your songs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I did um, before every song. I read a quote from the book that, in some way, was in conversation with the song. So it was a great chance to kind of just reread the book. I didn't reread the whole book. I just went through and looked at all the things I had underlined, which is basically rereading half the book. <laughs> and um, that was, it was, it was, it was nice. So I'm looking forward to um, completing this album, this new album sometime soon. Wow. Looking forward to that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, What are some tools and practices, aside from meditation, that you use Mm -hmm. to keep yourself grounded and, um, you know, care for yourself from a more holistic perspective, Mm -hmm. um, but mostly spiritually, 
Um, what are your non-negotiables, you know, that you mm. have to do to feel, you know, well and rooted? Well, my morning practice, um, when I do it fully and uh, <laughs> when I make the time that it deserves, includes, it starts with meditation. And then I journal for at least 10 minutes. Um, and journaling is a big practice for me because it's kind of where I build that self-awareness muscle, you know, um, through reflection. And, you know, I never, sometimes I have prompts for my journaling. Um, but a lot of times it's just stream of consciousness. It's just free write. It really helps me to think through things like, um, I don't know if who's in astrology, who's listening, but my moon sign is Gemini. And so I do think a lot. <laughs> so your moon sign is like kind of who you are in private, you know? And in private, I'm definitely a thinker. <laughs> and um, so the journaling practice really gives me an opportunity to just process things, work through things. Um, it also, doing it right after meditation is always good because if I have any thoughts or ideas that come up in meditation, I can record those, you know. Um, it just helps me kind of, it helps me be more balanced because it just, I'm just more self-aware as I move throughout the rest of the day. Um, and then after my journaling, I always um, do affirmations. So what that looks like for me is I have an affirmations journal and you know, I'll just every day or, you know, whenever I feel moved to really, I just write down a new affirmation. A lot of times it's ones I come up with for myself. A lot of times it's ones that I come across or that I hear in different guided meditations I'll do that. I, and if they resonate, then I'll write them down. And uh, then I read them every day. And as the list grows longer, it takes longer and longer, you know. <laughs> to read them. It used to take two minutes and it takes five. Now it takes more like 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, so it's just cumulative. To read them. It's cumulative. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I add to it all the time. I add maybe one or two every week almost. And then I just read them. And the first one in my new affirmations journal is I release the need to be right. <laughs> and um, I think I, my, I started this new journal in December. And yeah, I just add to them. And the affirmations are so key for me. Like, I feel like a lot of times affirmations have this reputation of being cheesy or surface level. And I don't think that a lot of people understand the transformative power of speaking words over yourself. Like, I mean, you know, we talk about, I, I think of them as spells, you know, music is spells. Any words that you're repeating over yourself over and over again, they're spells. And what are spells? They're just things that draw energy, draw reality, you know, create a reality. And so when you repeat certain things, certain words, phrases, the energy of those words and phrases, they help to create your reality, you know, and they also help to hold you accountable. That's part of the way they create that reality, you know, because the more that you say something, the more that you say, like, I am patient. I release the need to be right. I seek to understand. I 
I accept myself fully and unconditionally. You know, those are things that they might not feel, you might not feel the reality of it in the beginning, but after months and months and months and months, it accumulates <laughs> and it really does start to shift things. So I'm big on affirmations um, and journaling. Yeah. And meditation. Those are like my three go-to things. I also have a um, these cards that they're not tarot cards. Um, they're called. Are they Oracle? Not exactly. They're actually. So she calls them. Um, cards for ancestral guidance. And basically, unfortunately, the woman who created them passed away last year. But I, so I'm not sure if her company is still operating. Um, but basically, she's Ghanaian and she created these cards where each one is a different Adinkra symbol. So if you're not familiar with Adinkra, it's just a, it's a language of symbols from Ghana, specifically specifically from the Akan people of Ghana. And um, they all, there's just lots of symbols that speak to different things and represent different things. And so basically, you know, I just hold the cards and I, you know, ask my ancestors to to speak to me. And then I pull, and I do that, you know, sometimes once a month, sometimes once a day, if I really feel like I need guidance, you know, and um, yeah, it's it's a good way to refocus. And the messages aren't always clear or even speaking to what I thought I needed to hear, you know, but um, a lot of times it's just what I needed to hear. And also just reflecting on that, like I pull the card in the morning and it might, might make sense in the morning, but by the evening, <laughs> I understand. Exactly. So um, I do that periodically too. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um, And I just started working with tarot cards and the deck that I use, I think it's called African Tarot. And I connected with it so deeply. And I usually do a pull every morning um, after I Mm. meditate and similar to you, you know, sometimes it's not totally clear to me, you know, uh, but it's also been this, you know, beautiful exercise in just really tuning into my intuition and, you know, what's resonating that day, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I'm always, you know, getting exactly what I need. And, you know, sometimes the medicine is, you know, get it together. <laughs> you know, sometimes the medicine <laughs> is, you know, very much like, hey, you need to handle this. Um, and other times, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the world is your oyster, you know? And so I feel so supported in that. So, yeah, I really resonated with that. Um, also, you are making me want to revisit my mm. affirmation practice, you know, because something that's been, you know, very on and off for me and my practice is, you know, the use of affirmations. And usually when I pray, I'll pray after meditating and I try to pray in an affirmational way. But I think sometimes my affirmations get a little stale for me um, because I don't revisit them enough. And so I love that you have this, you know, accumulation of affirmations that just, um, you know, bring you 
into the energy, you know, of those words mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course. And then you just keep, you know, adding to that. I love that practice. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So now that you know what you know, um, just, you know, about spirituality, about yourself, um, what advice would you give your younger self about your spiritual journey, knowing what you know now? Mm. Just trust, trust, trust and be patient. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have much more to add to that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Trust is a big one. You know, we can work our whole lives just on that. Yes. Um, And your song, Spirit Tell Me, speaks to that so beautifully, too. So Yeah. Yeah, that's the words in the bridge, actually. I trust you, and I trust me, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So well said. Yeah. Well... This has been so amazing. Um, This conversation has been medicine for me and I'm sure it's been medicine for, you know, anyone who's listening to it. Um, So thank you again for joining and just sharing so beautifully and openly your story and your journey. and before we jump, uh, I wanted to know, is there anything you wanted to share about what you're working on right now? I know you shared that you um, are working on your new album, Inspired by All About Love, and, and that'll be called Awakening 2, which I am so looking forward to. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else that you you know, just want to share that you're working on, or just in general... Yeah, I I do. I'm very excited about things that are happening right now. And um, when we're just talking about trust, like several things have kind of been falling away as I moved through this year. And I've just been trusting. And one of my affirmations of the moment is just thank you for clearing my path. Like, thank you for eliminating the things that are going to make the space for what I really need to be dedicating my time to. Um, So just to bring that together, yeah. Thank you for clearing my path. I've really been feeling um, open and creative and I'm really uh, just really grateful for that. Um, But I'm I'm working on Awakening Part 2. The single is going to be released this summer and then the album will be released in the fall. I'm aiming for October. Um, So look out for that. I also, like I mentioned earlier, I do guided meditations and I used to do uh, live guided meditations every every Monday morning on Instagram. And I kind of stopped doing that last year just because life got just refocused on other things. And But uh, I really want to share more of my work on Insight Timer. So if anyone is familiar with Insight Timer, it's a meditation app. You can find my meditations on there. It's under my full name, Cecily Bumbray. My artist name is just Cecily. All my music is under Cecily, but you can find 
uh, my meditations on Inside Timer under Cecily Bumbray. And my goal going forward over the next few months is to release a new meditation, one or two new meditations on Inside Timer every month. So I'm hoping to um, finish one in the next week or so and drop it on there. So you can definitely look at Insight Timer for more of my work. And uh, yeah, I have a couple little writing projects I'm doing, but I don't know when those will see um, public eyes, <laughs> but I'm just excited about them. So I'll, I'll share, I'm working on um, a book that's a, or a novella, I guess it is, a very short novel. Um, it's a love story. So I'm excited about that. And I also am planning on releasing a book of affirmations, actually. <laughs> um, oh, that's so yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I'm hoping to do that um, in coordination with the album near the end of the year as well. So, yeah, those are some things I have on the horizons. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And we'll be sure to include the link to Insight Timer, um, your meditations on there, you know, in the show notes as well. So people can check those out. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing all of that. Um, all very exciting things. I'm looking forward to all of it. So I will be keeping an eye out for sure. And Again, just, you know, thank you for this conversation. Um, this has been so beautiful to connect and I'm looking forward to staying connected and continuing to follow your beautiful journey. So thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, Shelby. It's been nice talking with you. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends from Worthy Well. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Shelby Renee Giles. To check out Worthy Well's latest events and offerings, visit our website at worthywell.co. Until next time, journey well. <laughs>